It's starting to become big news in the National Football League. That is the Kansas City Chiefs defense, which has been stellar in the first four weeks of the season. This episode of Defending the Kingdom will dive even deeper into that defense, especially the safety position, as Mike Edwards, the former world champion with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, beating the Chiefs in Super Bowl 55, has moved over to the good side. But Steve Spagnuolo is changing the way that we in the Chiefs' kingdom look at safeties, and it's changing in the NFL as well. This Defending the Kingdom, of course, is brought to you by Ticketmaster, your new best friend in getting the hottest ticket right now uh, in the region and maybe in the country, and that is tickets to the Kansas City Chiefs football games at home or on the road. And off near side, broken tackle. It's Pacheco, 40-yard line, 35, Jersey at 25-20, angling 15-10-5, touchdown! Kansas City, welcome home. Isaiah Pacheco gets a 48-yard touchdown run for the Chiefs' kingdom. Hi, everyone. I'm Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs, joined by senior team reporter Matt McMullen. This episode is going to be a fun one because we're going to talk about the evolution of the safety position, not just in the National Football League, but especially with the Kansas City Chiefs. Because honestly, I think the Chiefs, Matt, are leading the way in this in the way that they're employing the so-called safety position. This is something that we've talked about for years now with uh, Steve Spagnolo. that oftentimes defensive backs are that. They're defensive backs. They're not safeties or corners. And we're definitely seeing that with our safeties this season because they're so versatile. It can do so many different things. And when you see three safety sets, even four safety sets, that's Spags showing confidence in his guys that they can do various things. They can be a hybrid linebacker. They can be a hybrid corner, a slot corner. They can do all this different stuff because if they were just pigeonholed as a free safety or a strong safety, they wouldn't be out there in this defense. And we're so fortunate to have some really versatile, athletic, dynamic safeties on this team that we'll talk about over the next 20 minutes. So again, Mike Edwards will join us later on in the podcast. Uh, just a really a fascinating guy uh, for a lot of reasons, but coming in here as a um, undrafted or as a free agent, I should say, an unrestricted free agent, uh, coming after his time in Tampa Bay. But before we do that and before we go into the versatility of the safety position and how it's changing in the league, let's travel around the world. Got five for you once again, trying to get into the rhythm with the five every week. I'll get to everyone, though, I promise. We had lots of submissions <laughs> this week. Uh, we've got Any Saudi Arabians? That, that got, that got <laughs> a lot of you uh, defending the kingdom podcasters were like, ooh, that's cool, Saudi Arabia. Nothing from Saudi Arabia this week. If you're in Saudi Arabia, let us know. Um, I do have Brandy from Winterport, Maine. Ah. Yep. Uh, Oscar's from London, and he'll be going to the Chiefs game here in Kansas City on Christmas Day against the Raiders. He's very much looking forward to it, so pretty cool. He's not into the London Jaguars, who's playing in London every <laughs> week, it seems like, this year. Well, I bet he's wearing his Chiefs jersey around London yeah. this past weekend and this upcoming weekend when for sure. uh, the Jags uh, play in London once again. Against the Bills. For us. Yeah. We'll wear that jersey, man. We've no already kidding. played the Jags. Beat the Bills. Uh, Carlos is from the Dominican Republic listening to DTK. Steve, this is a cool one, he's in the Phoenix area. He was a season ticket member, though, for 23 years, and his move to Phoenix was contingent on the fact of getting NFL Sunday tickets so he could still watch the Chiefs every single Sunday, and he listens to every episode of DTK. So that's one of my favorite things is for people that move away from Kansas City, we can still give them a part of home. So, Steve, thanks for listening. It's about priorities in life, man. <laughs> it is, That's yes. a big priority. Where am I moving? I'll think... Can I, yeah, can I get DirecTV if I go to Phoenix? And he had to love Super Bowl 57 right in his backyard. And now it's YouTube TV, so it's much easier. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, last one for you. We have Perry in 
Dumaguete City, Philippines. Dumaguete City, Philippines. I practiced that a few times and probably still butchered it. But, yeah, listener in the Philippines. Shout out to Perry. Love it. Love our Defending the Kingdom fans all around the world. And you should be loving this Kansas City Chiefs defense, which has really been one of the surprise of the National Football League in this first four-game uh, stretch of the NFL season. The Chiefs at 3-1. and one, And you can say now Jacksonville and the Jets game has been – caused mainly by just great defensive stops in the Jacksonville game, something you rarely see in the NFL where the Chiefs had stops and no touchdowns for the Jags. They had first down at the 17, the 14, and the 1 on three separate possessions and scored no touchdowns. Okay, in the Jets game, which ended up being a knockdown dragout, the Jets had the ball near midfield, three critical second-half possessions after a 43-yard run by Brees Hall, and they got – no points, zero, zero, and zero. That's hard to do, Matt, in this day and age of the NFL. Particularly in that Jets game, think about the circumstances. The Jets have absolutely nothing to lose in that game. They lost Aaron Rodgers five snaps into the season. The season is kind of gravy for them. Whatever happens, happens. There's no expectations. So they were playing with no pressure. They're just going out there and seeing what happens. And all of a sudden, when momentum starts going against the Chiefs and we're facing a very good defense in New York, New York starts thinking they can win that game, and it's tied, and Brees Hall has that huge run, uh, gets the Jets to midfield. Then all of a sudden, the Chiefs defense said, enough of this. We're, we're done with this. We're going to win the game right here and now and get the ball back to our offense. Even though the offense is struggling, we know they're going to find a way to win this game. And on three straight possessions, the Chiefs just closed the door, and we're going to talk to Mike Edwards later, and Mike was right in the middle of several of those third-down stops, but... To make sure that New York, with all the momentum in the world, could not really have a real shot at taking the lead late in the fourth quarter was all on the defense. They were spectacular. Of course, the fumble recovery uh, on that last possession for New York with like eight minutes left. The Jets never saw the ball again after that. And Brian Cook, uh, at safety for the Chiefs, a player that we're going to talk about a lot this season, his open field touchdown-saving tackle on Brees Hall to make sure that the Jets didn't take the lead might have seemed inconsequential at the time. You're watching the game. You're just upset that Brees Hall had this big run. But Brian Cook saved the touchdown there. The Jets never moved further into Chiefs territory the rest of the game. That play might have won the game for the Chiefs. It was the equivalent of a pick six. Now, we like to study numbers and look at it. But this game, if you again, we talk about the, the things that you forget in five or six weeks that won't show up necessarily in a stat sheet. That will only show up as an unassisted tackle. In essence, the value of that play by Brian Cook was seven points. That leads us into what we want to discuss in this podcast before we talk to Mike, and that is what the Chiefs are doing at the safety position. Now, they set up a GoPro camera in the broadcast booth during the play-by-play of these Chiefs games. We see the edited version. In the unedited version, you would see Matt, who is spotting for me because, all right, Matt, full disclosure here, For those of you who are listening, he's going to make a sign. For those of you watching, you'll see it, but this is a very common sign. Do it, Matt. SOP? Is that what we're talking about? We're talking the safety (laughs) position. (laughs) Okay. okay. We have have meetings before the game, and I said, when we go to three safeties or four safeties, you got it? SOP is a whole other episode. I think (laughs) we did that last year. (laughs) But anyway, we'll do it again. But you'll tell me right before the snap, because it's such an integral part of the Chiefs' defense now. Sure. Three fingers, is. three fingers up if you're just listening. Three fingers up, and then I draw an S in the air. Three safeties. Or Be- four safeties. Because it's so 
different in the last two to three years of the National Football League. The Chiefs right now, you could argue, and I don't have the uh, exact uh, formation by snap so far in the first four weeks, but it's almost turned into the base defense. Three safeties on the field with two corners, two linebackers, and then four up front. And those three safeties usually are Mike Edwards, we're going to talk to in a second, Brian Cook, you've already talked about, and then Justin Reed, who is just having a magnificent start to the season, and then, you know, the mix and match at the corner spots. But to play three safeties in your nickel is not normally the case or hasn't been the case in the NFL over the past 10 years. And that's why we call it big nickel, right? A big nickel is three safeties. And like I mentioned earlier, you have to have the personnel to do it. Otherwise, you're going to get beat. The Chiefs are fortunate that they have four players who are capable starting safeties in the NFL. And Deion Bush is on the practice squad and played a bunch of games for this team last year, too. So when you have four safeties, maybe even five if you bring up Deion Bush, who can all start in the NFL and make plays, it's a great luxury to have because you can use them so many different ways. And it puts so much pressure on the opposing quarterback. Think about Justin Reed, for example, a player who's capable of playing that coverage free safety kind of position we saw what he did with his uh, forcing the interception essentially with his tip drill against Chicago a few weeks ago but he can also be like a box safety he can come down on a blitz he can stop a running back uh, on a running play same thing with Brian Cook it's one of the things I loved about Brian Cook coming out of college he split his snaps his senior year at Cincinnati between running plays and passing plays he can go out and cover uh, but also be an enforcer in the box Mike Edwards coming over from Tampa Bay where he was a starting safety and they're just Tampa two defense with two safeties for the most part comes in here now as the third safety for the Chiefs. I mean, what a luxury to have. You have a player who's capable of being the second safety anywhere else. And right now he's our third safety and Shamari Connor, rookie out of Virginia Tech, super versatile player uh, for the Hokies who's already making an impact uh, during his rookie season here in the NFL. So it's such a luxury to have. These guys are so athletic, dynamic, and versatile. And uh, I know Spags is having a great time deploying them in different ways. And fitting right into the room is Shamari Connor, the rookie out of Virginia Tech. And there will be times you'll give the four, four draw safeties. Yep. And I'm like, wow, we got four of these guys on the field. But it's almost like Spags requires these guys to be bilingual. L.J. Sneed was primarily a safety at the end of his time at Louisiana Tech. He's now a corner. But these safeties are asked to have corner skills. No better skills with ball skills than maybe Mike Edwards. Matt and I had a chance to catch up with the Cincinnati native who now loves being in the Chiefs kingdom. Well, this podcast featuring on the safety position in the National Football League and no better person to bring in than Mike Edwards, who joins the Chiefs kingdom this year. Now, those of you who are watching and listening, uh, and Matt, you know the, the stories are always awesome when the bad guy turns into the good guy, right? <laughs> I brought my Super Bowl 55 All right. spotting <laughs> boards, right? And oh yeah, he's right down here. Yep, yes, sir. that flesh-eating secondary that the Buccaneers had. That's when he's a bad guy. Now he's a good guy. Here's the current <laughs> boards. Right down here, you're in the same spot, man. Yeah. So anyway, Mike Edwards, it's awesome to have you here uh, and be a part of the Chiefs kingdom. And, man, you've made an immediate impact. Yes, sir. Yeah, I love being here. Um, that's why I came here for it, to make some uh, immediate impact plays. Uh, you know, crane turnovers is my big thing, uh, trying to get the ball back. Uh, to our great offense, so that's what I'm trying to do week in, week out. <laughs> we'll start with the Jets game last week, particularly the last three drives for New York. Game was really in the balance there. The offense was having some struggles. You guys stepped up big time, and you in particular. Mm -hmm. If you look back at those final three drives, Mitch, 
before the fumble, so the very first drive I'm talking about, uh, you had a tackle on third down. Jets yep. had to punt. The mm-hmm. very next one, you had a PBU, almost a pick on third <laughs> down. Oh the Jets had to punt. Just what was the mentality like those last few drives, making sure New York didn't get an inch there? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, a big thing, a big big series. Every, every series we had, um, like I said, it was crucial plays uh, that, need to be ha- that need to be made. And um, like I said, got to get about – back the ball to our offense and um those plays uh that third down uh we got off the field by that tackle and then um the crucial third down third and 11 um I'll take you through that play uh we was actually doubling Garrett Wilson on that play and uh LJ man he's he's a phenomenal player and uh he ended up stoning him at the line and I was like oh I don't have to worry about him so I ended up uh helping Trent out and um and I try to break on the ball and Unfortunately, I couldn't get it, but uh, I made a made a good play. But I, I needed to make it. Is that close? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still so, a PBU though. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, you've been a playmaker and a ball hawk, and you know, that's one of your nicknames. We know about the pick sixes, but I want to ask you about the flea flicker play because it ends up being another big play. Minus ten, you get a minus ten sack, mm-hmm. and we're talking about the safety position and how it's changed and how much have you seen it change in this league since you joined at 19 but let's just take the recognition on the flea flicker play and making that a big play defensively yeah um yeah we was in man coverage and um had a tight end my tight end ended up blocking and I actually didn't see the flea flicker but I did see uh Dalvin Cook had the ball at first and I didn't I seen Zach Wilson had it at the end I'm like oh wow so I ended up chasing him down and got the Got the sack, but uh, I didn't see until the replay. I ended up watching it. Uh, we had some guys open. It, I mean, it's a it's a it's a trick play. So, um, but it was a big big time play. I mean, it helped my guys out. So, glad I got that. <laughs> well, speaking of big time plays, you had your first pick as a chief against Chicago a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Now, Justin made a great play on that to deflect the pass. I want to ask you this though. He called it a, a bait and take tip drill. Mm-hmm. Was that just a great reaction by him, or was he actually playing mind games there with Justin Fields and duping him out of throwing believe, the football? Yeah, I believe he was uh, baiting him. Uh, he's a smart guy. Wow. And uh, and he was kind of baiting him into thinking he was going to take that snag underneath, and then he ended up dropping back and getting the tip. And a uh, phenomenal play by him. He he deserves as much credit as me. I, I had the easy job. He made a phenomenal play, and I just had to come down with it. So all credit to Jay Reed. But when you're watching that, because you're a bit further back, could you kind of tell what he was doing, and then all of a sudden you were ready for it? Like, walk us through that. Yeah, so we was getting, uh, like, a cover two concept, and uh, so my eyes just kind of go through my progression, you know, to cover to number one receiver, to the quarterback, back to number two receiver. Um, so going through different progressions, I kind of seen Jay Reed uh, jump up, and I seen Claypool come across my face. So I was like, all right, either Jay Reed is going to tip it or – Claypool was going to uh, try to catch it, and I had to, you know, knock the ball out, whatever. And I seen Jerry get up, like jump up high, so I'm like, all right, this might be a little tip, <laughs> right? a little tip drill of what it was. So it was a great play by him. When the ball's floating like that, are those some of the hardest ones? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> tough. Especially when it's like going. In uh-huh. the, yeah, those are tough. I mean, it it might not look like it on TV or anything <laughs> like that, but, yeah, those are tough. Like the ones you're supposed to catch, yeah, they're the tough ones. Matt and I are waiting for the first Chiefs Kingdom pick six. Could be this week. You know, Minnesota leads the league in mm. giveaways. They've got 11 of them. But we're waiting for that pick six. If it happens, it would be your fourth. You talk about oh, being yeah. a ball hawk, and you got the Cincinnati Reds lid going on for those <laughs> who aren't watching. And that dude plays third base for them? I mean, that's the next star in the MLB. That guy oh, is crazy. Is that look Cruz? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's crazy. He, he looks like he could be in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, he's so fast. He got a strong arm, like – 
He's a freak. I'd pay money to watch him play. Saw him against <laughs> the Royals actually this summer. Uh-huh. But ball hawk. It's like, did you play some baseball? Oh yeah, big time baseball player. So is that where it comes from, or where did all these ball skills? Have? Yeah, that was uh, my favorite sport. Uh, probably my number one sport growing up. I always played baseball. I played shortstop for the most for the most part. I played all over the field, but shortstop was my main position, and I, that's why I kind of felt like I got like my instincts, my range, and everything. So tracking the ball a little bit, you know, shortstop, you gotta make a lot of plays back there, cover a lot of ground. So um, feel like definitely feel like baseball kind of helped me uh, playing safety back there, definitely. Now you talk about quick reaction. I mean, you're, you're walking through that flea flicker, and we're seeing like in real time. That's like, you know, metaseconds or right, mega. Right. But you're seeing them. You're seeing everything in slow motion. How much yeah. did the shortstop thing help that? Helps a lot. Helps a lot. Uh, like I said, uh, you got to be on your toes. You got to be able to move different, uh, real quick. You know, the ball comes at you real quick. You know, off of baseball, it comes at you real quick. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, it kind of just slows down for you when you. Think about like the baseball instincts, thing like that. So it kind of just goes through progression and it kind of slows down for you a little bit and just got to come and make the play. I want to ask you about one of your teammates. Uh, before one of your third down stops against the Jets, Brees Hall had a 43-yard run. And at that point, it seemed like the Jets had a lot of momentum. Yeah. He didn't score, though, because of Brian Cook. Yeah. Amazing open field tackle. Great. For a young player to not give up on the play and to make sure he tackled uh, Brees Hall there and then you guys got off the field soon after, what's that say about Brian? Oh, he's he works harder than – I mean, you see him every day, every day after after practice, working on just like little things. It's always something different, working on tackling, working on, you know, working on catching or whatever it may be. He's always after practice working. And, uh, you know, I try to talk to him, you know, just trying to be uh, – because I know he's only his second year, his first time starting. So I know he's going through those uh, different pains and everything, different uh, learning experiences, things like that. But he's taking it on really well. And like I told him, after that play – after we got off the field to the sideline, I said, dude, like, you don't understand how big that play was. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you, that, that does not go unnoticed. And uh, I told him, and I was like, dude, like, that's phenomenal. And like I, like I said, like, I was like, look at the score right now. I was like, the score would not, we would be down right now if it wasn't for you. So that's a big time play. He was like, I appreciate it. I was like, yeah. Good, good play. Yeah, like it wasn't a pick six or a touchdown, but that play was one of the top five plays that won the oh, game. Hands down. No doubt. Hands uh, down. Now you told us off camera that you played against Brian in high school. Yeah. Well, he he did he didn't play. He was a freshman okay. when I was a senior, so uh, he didn't he wasn't playing. But um, yeah, David Montgomery, the running back for the uh, for the Detroit Lions, Lions yeah. he was the actual quarterback uh, against us in the, my senior year in the playoffs. <laughs> wow. So yeah, his his big strong. So he the it's a Cincinnati thing, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. This is all Cincinnati <laughs> oh, yeah. going on. Cincinnati, here, right? yeah, Cincinnati guys. How so, many yeah. quarterback powers did they run on you guys? He was just running wing T quarterback powers. <laughs> Halfback sweeps, I'm like, dude, as a safety, you like, if you go pass the ball once, like, come on now. <laughs> well, you, you were probably okay, but there were probably a bunch of guys that looked like Mitch and I on that defense trying to tackle <laughs> David Montgomery. Yeah, right. <laughs> like I said, we, what, 16, however old you are, and it was like, dude, they got some big guys out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like David Montgomery, he was he was big back then, too, so he, he got some, he grows some uh, pounds on now, but uh, he was still pretty big back then. Yeah, probably let's some 130-pound linebackers trying to tackle right, right, right. <laughs> David Montgomery. <laughs> well, let's don't undersell the Winton Woods Warriors here, oh, which yeah, is yeah, the yeah. alma mater yes, uh, of Mike Edwards. And, and one thing, we always look into the background, but you were transformational in changing Kentucky football. Mm-hmm. You got them to a top-10 battle against Georgia. It was eight versus nine. Mm-hmm. And Kentucky, oh, it's thought to be hoops, right, all that. And with Coach Stoops, 
Matt House, who was here as defensive <laughs> coordinator, is your guy. But you guys changed Kentucky football. Yes, sir. Yeah, that was pretty much the, uh, the main reason why I came to Kentucky, why I committed to Kentucky. Um, you know, I had some top offers, um, offers from all over the place. But uh, I wanted to go to a place where I can, you know, say I was one of the guys that could change the program around. Um, it started in 13. He got the Stoops got there in 13. I got there in 14. And uh, our class was that class that was just like, all right, this might be that class. You know what I mean? So we got some guys come in, and um, we just we just felt it. Like, we always felt it from the day we stepped on campus. We was like, yeah, we we go take this program over, which we did. And um, every year we got better. Like, literally every year we got better, improved our record every year. And I think my last year, senior year, we went 10-3 and three maybe. Yeah, 10-3. and three. Yeah, So that was a big – I think that was the biggest uh, – the best record we'd had in uh, school history. So that was big. Beat Florida for the first time in 31 years, That's over big. 31 years, my <laughs> senior year. So, yeah, we did some things in uh, my college career for sure. We'll close it out this way, but I want to ask you, uh, and again we're talking with Mike Edwards, the safety position mm-hmm. seems to be in this whirlwind change. What have you seen since you entered the league, and what are you seeing with Spags? Because Matt and I – Matt helps me spot during the games three safeties, four safeties. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's getting crazy. Yeah. What are you seeing in the NFL in this position? Uh, you have to be versatile. You got to be uh, interchangeable. Um, I mean, back then, you know, the traditional safeties, you know, box safeties are you got those 250-pound <laughs> safeties, pretty much like linebackers. But uh, now you have to be able to cover receivers. You have to be able to blitz, play in a post, play deep half. You got to do a lot of things, especially in, the SPAC, in uh, SPAC's defense. You got to do – he likes the safeties uh, interchangeable, like him to play all over the field. And uh, I like the way he's using me. Uh, you see I'm all over the field, blitzing uh, up in the up in the A-gap, and they don't know if I'm coming or if I'm dropping back or whatever. So I love the way he has our safeties. Um, we have phenomenal safeties. Uh, Jay Reed is uh, our vocal leader back there, and uh, he takes control over the defense. And um, you know, like I said, Brian Cook, he's learning very well. He's He's doing uh, good on that back end, and Tamar is a rookie. It comes in. So, like I said, we have four safeties in there. We might have four safeties in there uh, at a time, you know what I mean? So, it's it's a great defense. Uh, great defense to be part of, great defense to play for, and uh, I just love it. He is the ball hawk, Mike Edwards. <laughs> we're waiting for that first Chiefs Kingdom pick six. That's coming soon. <laughs> so, we're waiting on that pick six from Mike Edwards. You know it's coming. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, and he's got those baseball skills. It may all make sense. He has such good ball skills, which, again, fits into the whole versatility of the safety position. You see the Cincinnati red shortstop in this guy. One thing that's kind of hard to quantify beyond, like, the obvious with, like, interceptions and pick sixes is just the ability to make plays from the safety position and really defensive backs in general. There's a lot of players that come through the NFL who are maybe very good players, but they just don't make plays, if that makes sense. They don't take the ball away. They don't make big plays on third down. They're they're fine, but they don't have big moments like Mike Edwards has had in his career. Mike Edwards makes plays, mm-hmm. and that's something that we were excited about with him coming over from Tampa. He has a true ball hawk. I mean, three pick sixes in his career, that's hard to do. He did that in a two-year span as well uh, and also has gotten his hands on the football many other times and just not scored. We saw it in week three against the Bears, and I just know it with a guy like that. The football finds him, so hopefully it finds him this week. You just wonder if that opportunity will be there for Mike this week. The Minnesota Vikings are really, really talented. Justin Jefferson's uh, amazing. He's shattering records in his first three years and four games in the National Football League. 
but they have 11 giveaways. The Vikings right now are one and three, primarily because they have 11 giveaways. They have lost, lost seven fumbles in four weeks. You just wonder if there's not going to be a chance here for the safety group, and especially Mike Edwards, to get one, either a pick or a fumble recovery and do something with it. Minnesota is a super interesting study, really on both sides of the ball, but we'll stick with the offense. It's the number nine total offense in the NFL. So they're racking up a bunch of yards. Kirk Cousins has the most completions and the most passing touchdowns in the NFL this season. Justin Jefferson leads the NFL in receiving yards and receptions of 25 or more yards. They have the most 20-yard passing plays in the NFL this year with 19, and that includes an NFL-most five passing touchdowns of 20 or more yards. They're throwing the ball a lot. They have the third most passing attempts in the NFL with 157. And they've got playmakers, guys like Jordan Addison, first-round pick out of USC. K.J. Osborne is a big play threat. So why are they not winning more games? And don't forget T.J. Hokinson in this. Sure. Really good tight end. They, they traded for at the deadline last year. Well, why aren't they scoring more points? The answer is the turnovers. And if you look at their red zone efficiency this year, they are tied for the lowest red zone scoring percentage in the NFL at 67%. They have four red zone drives this season where they have not scored. I'm not talking about just touchdowns. They have not scored on four red zone drives this year. It's the most of any team in the NFL. They have three red zone giveaways. So they have 11 total, which leads the NFL, three of those in the red zone. It's very difficult to win in the NFL if you are turning the ball over in the red zone. Now, those kinds of things are kind of random at the same time. So the Chiefs have to be ready for this opponent because they've shown that they can move the ball. They have lots of talent. And if Mike Edwards sees the football flying his way in the red zone, just, you know, have a 99-yard pick six like we saw the Panthers have against Kirk Cousins last week. But if you want to respect the Minnesota Vikings and respect the safety position, maybe the screenshot for safeties right now in the National Football League is Harrison Smith. He had 14 tackles last week and probably maybe saved Minnesota's season because he came on a blitz on a sack strip that was taken all the way back for a scoop and score. Harrison Smith is what we're talking about. These wildly talented safeties who can cover, he can cover, he'll tackle, he's a rough tackler, good player, he can come on a blitz like a speed rusher. And so we talk about the safety position and how it's being revolutionized in the National Football League. You have to look no further than the Vikings' Harrison Smith. Really good player, three sacks on the year, uh, and they'll use him in different ways, as you mentioned. Really interesting note, though, on this Vikings defense, they blitz a ton. They have the highest blitz rate of any team in the NFL. They're blitzing 60% of the time. A couple weeks ago against the Chargers, they blitzed Justin Herbert 42 times. 42 times on Justin Herbert, they brought a blitz. They blitzed Bryce Young 18 times last week. And an even more interesting note, they have the fifth lowest pressure rate in the NFL. So they're blitzing but not getting a lot of pressure. But when they do obviously can throw the offense off balance. So for the Chiefs in this game, cannot let the Blitz get home because they're going to Blitz Patrick Mahomes. It's what they do. And how many receptions did Keenan Allen have in that game for the Chargers? 18. Underneath Reception stuff. Yep. all underneath it. So, but this is about the safeties for the Chiefs and really around the National Football League, and that is the evolution of the safety position. He's Matt McMullen. I'm Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs. Time to go get a fourth victory. Mm -hmm.